0: Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin, and this is Colin. Um, I don't even know how to start this one out. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, didn't plan an intro here. More college football. Ooh,
1: that was phenomenal. Open. That's that just really a. Good. That's a real prose move. Um, it's it's because you're a little you're a little rusty. You took off the tailgate this weekend. I left did. me to host. I did. Um. So I probably should have just drove this one, too, just to kind of ease you back in. I'm not
0: allowed on the tailgate this week
1: either. So I'm going to be it's going to be real bad here. Oh, you were banned from the tailgate this That's what week? what I was told. That's what I was told. Oh, yes. Uh, I believe I will be on this week. But I think what Felix is Felix is hosting, I think. Probably. I think there's ulterior motives there. I think Felix just wants to host a show. That could be. That could be. Uh, he doesn't get enough of that on Wednesdays. I'm on to him. I'm on to him. He's not letting
0: let me on Wednesday either
1: so i'm just talking mad crap
0: in our Texas with picket group with the debbie debate clan because they they're not having me on this week son boycott you know, i'm gonna talk a big game and then i have to show up and back it up it's great boycott boycott thank you i think everyone should boycott everyone should tweet at felix too everybody tweeted felix just the rudest thing you can think of like you hope he steps on a lego
1: or you mm. know stuff like that
0: stuff like that tell felix my
1: When I was a kid, the rudest thing I ever said to my mom was I hope that she got sprayed by a skunk. I think that's a good one because I totally see you saying that, too. Yeah, because it's not one that, you know, is damaging physically or anything like that. But man, it would suck. So that's that's a good that's a good go to. If you hope that if you use the Lego one, I think that's a next up.
0: So I didn't I didn't expect the beginning of the season here or the beginning of the episode here to take this turn. We don't have a good Austin story in my family, but we have a really good one about my brother uh, who, when he was little, um, was aware of what stranger danger was and he didn't like what my mom was saying to him Uh in the mall. So he yelled at that she wasn't his mom and uh they were detained by security until my mom
1: (laughs) provided wow that's man that's a bad one yeah yeah that's my brother was like three or four he was really little Uh, Um, okay
0: but yeah he he, uh he did that and my brother for anybody who doesn't know looks nothing like my mom he looks like my dad so (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh that's a tough one that's a yeah tough one. my mom my mom got a little drunk and told that story at our at our wedding really loud like everybody <laughs> and I bet your brother loved that probably and he's getting married now so she'll probably get drunk and say it at his too probably um, good chance yeah fun fun times I, good family stories like that are you know just yeah, everyone's got a few of them oh they're, yeah uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're always good um all right well let's let's talk some college football here before we do that just make sure. As per usual, you're checking out everything over at Um, the, uh, the, the in-season content's just chugging along. All sorts of different waiver wire, roster management, uh, start, sit, DFS, pretty much anything else. The unit in-season, we're doing it either in podcast form, article form. Um, if you're not using our tools for research, I think you're missing out a little bit too. Oh, yeah. And I think some people don't it even necessarily time. realize uh, some of the tools that we have. Um, A lot of the data that we pull for the show, we we pull off there. Uh, We were talking Mm -hmm. this week, for instance, on Twitter about um, Luther Burden, who we're actually going to talk about here tonight. He has, uh, he's putting up an insane uh, production from an efficiency standpoint. You can go on our website and filter every single wide receiver back to 2006, I believe, 2006, 2007, um, and, and filter like basically any kind of stat you can think of um so we are playing around with a lot of that this week so yeah go check all that out over at campus to can and a lot of those tools uh come with either our, our, our 299 membership or our 499 a month membership so um not not a lot uh to get in there all downloadable and you can play around with the, the excel files and I, i'm not very tech savvy so i don't know what you do with them but you download them and put them somewhere i don't know maybe frame them i, I don't know i don't know what people do but go ahead check that out um, and then for our NIL member, just make sure you're not missing out on the, uh, podcast feed that we have just for you guys. The collective, uh, is what it's called. Uh, lots of different shows over there. Matt Waldman does a special show just for you guys every week on there. Um, definitely uh, check those out. Yeah. And I do a, a key takeaway show about 45 minutes every, uh, Monday this week. It's dropping on Tuesday, uh, cause I've been busy and then a strategy show with Nellie,
1: which you're on this week, Colin. I am. Yes. We, we did pre-record it. um, and so I do want to uh, clarify in the episode. I said, you know, I want to give uh, Alex Adams and and the Akron offense one more week. I wanted to see what they did <laughs> against Buffalo, and they uh, shit their pants. So score seven ten.
0: Yeah, it was it like was thirteen bad. to ten,
1: which that game should it was have been bad. like fifty to forty. I don't understand what the heck happened. There. It was bad. It was bad. So so I'm off of I'm off of those guys. Um, yeah, I'm moving off of them because the episode is about like. When to kind of tank and like when to when to rebuild some trade talk a little bit. Um, and after hearing your discussion on trade talk, we do have a little bit of a different philosophy. I am a little more aggressive. Um, I'm willing to to make some moves that, that may not look good in the short term, but but uh, sometimes do pan out in the long term as well. So. Yeah, you and I have traded a couple of times
0: in the past year or so.
1: We Yeah. Yeah, we just
0: traded recently. Yeah, um, we did. yeah. What was it? Raheem Sanders,
1: Troy Franklin, and Jamal there was another Jamal Banks for Brees Hall and a fourth round
0: supplemental pick, I believe, this upcoming year, which will probably be late because uh, Colin's in first right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I made the move because um, I am in first in that one, and I wanted to kind of re. Bolster the lineup a little bit. Uh, Need Raheem Sanders back healthy. So he's back last week. You need to get him rolling. But uh, yeah,
0: the best part is I went to tank with that move, and then I think
1: I've won the last two weeks, and my team is actually
0: like not looking that bad. So (laughs) (laughs) that's fine. That's fine. It's amazing
1: what two weeks will do.
0: Man, I have so many. I I I did. I have more leagues than usual like that this year. That I like. Usually, you know, I have. I think. I think fourteen or fifteen c2c leagues and probably 11 or 12 of them i had a very clear direction by week three but i had two this year two or three that like i felt like my team was not bad but the results were not coming and i think it's really difficult actually i have it earmarked saved in my phone to talk about kind of choosing a direction on the show next week so we're not going to get too far into that discussion here today we're actually going to talk um, kind of some more Debbie tilted, uh, stuff today. Um, but I, have had a really hard time in a couple of leagues this year where I usually don't have trouble. Um, our home league, um, I was like, I'm like third in points scored and I'm in like eighth place. Just very, very annoying, um, stuff like that. So, um, been, been an interesting season. I think I've heard a lot of people kind of, uh, having some similar issues with teams. So just kind of, a I don't want to say a weird season at college football, but definitely um uh some guys that like are sort of producing but not like we want them to and that's really been kind of a killer uh for some of my teams all right let's talk uh like I said debbie today is kind of what we're going to lean more into as we often say on the show we are not you know pure cff people anyway so um we've been talking debbie backgrounds yes we've been talking very heavy like c2c specific and this is still very applicable to c2c but part of c2c is debbie kind of figuring out which guys are going to get to the pros i've been doing um massive massive i don't want to say massive my rankings weren't like crap
1: but well you said um, massive a couple of times so i think you want to say massive they
0: they were they were they needed some touching up especially kind of on the like that third tier of debbie player like yeah. you've got your obvious guys. You kind of got those middle guys. It's either like freshmen that are kind of breaking out or like guys that are kind of disappointed this year. Then there are those players after that that you don't really know what to do with. I've, I've been thinking around in there. Um, I know you just did a big rankings update as well, Colin. So I want to uh, talk about some guys here. And I want to start with three players who I think in the offseason, uh, lines were drawn. You were either four against and you you there was no uh kind of towing the middle line so i want to give those three players our first discussion here and the first one was luther burke who had had his haters had his proponents i think the haters were uh the argument i was not a hater so i'm trying to i don't want to frame this incorrectly for them but i think the argument was that he was not efficient last year at all at missouri he was used more as, as an extension of the run game as a gadgety guy um, rather than kind of uh, showcasing a full wide receiver skill set um, that the Missouri offense probably wasn't going to improve that much this year. I mean, it's not like they went out and upgraded quarterback, you know, brought in, you know, some amazing offensive minded guru. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think those were kind of the two, the two big reasons there. I think the people that liked him kind of highlighted that he beat all the year one, zero markers, all eight of them. And that um, he, he, with with uh the departure of um uh dominic lovett that he probably would step into a a role that was a little more diverse and i think the uh the haters have lost this one if i had to guess so far burden is leading um the power five and i think all of college football in receiving uh right now uh he has uh been working primarily out of the slot but has um had a lot more catches downfield He's uh, showcased still kind of that yak ability that people were kind of comparing him to uh, Debo Samuel in the offseason. So uh, Luther Burton, he never dropped out of my top eight wide receivers, um, but I did drop him a couple of spots in the offseason. Did I like where do you have him right now, Colin, in your rankings? Sh- should we you know, wh- where should we have him?
1: I, I have him as my wide receiver four, um for oh, okay. Debbie. Um, I had him as my wide receiver three. I actually have him as wide receiver four for C two C as well. Um, I had him as wide receiver three. Evan Stewart jumped him, uh, but I was I was always a, a Luther Burden guy. I I believed in Luther Burden. I believed in the talent. Um, and you know, last year as a freshman, did he have low A dot? Yeah, absolutely. But that offense wasn't super creative. That's really just kind of what they were asking him to do was work short and a, around the line of scrimmage, but it was really encouraging the usage he saw as a true freshman, and then coming into this year with more um, the uh, incoming Fresno offensive, State. yeah, incoming uh, yeah. offensive coordinator from Fresno State, who I, th- I think is it Kip Moore, is that his name? I don't know, I don't know, something like that. Um, but I, with him coming in, I knew this offense was going to be a little bit more creative with how they used him. Uh, So I was falling more on his production overall and what I saw on his high school tape. So I never really moved off of Luther Burden. So Luther Burden dropping from three to four is more just a um, shout out to what Evan Stewart has been able to do and how good he has looked more so than any sort of an indictment on Luther Burden. We
0: don't have a lot of um, uh, recorded athletic measurables for Burden, so we don't have like if you use our athletic comparison tool over at C2C, I kind of, if I haven't really watched a player before, sometimes I'll just start there just to try to get an idea of what kind of athlete they are from a, um, like, you know, a, a 40 perspective or, you know, some of these other metrics that we use. If we have an on-field, uh, speed, um, calculation for them, that'll be on there too. Um, but we only have, we only have speed for him, which I s- uh, suspect is an on-field score, 79th percentile, uh, which isn't bad uh gives like some weird comps that I quite frankly for him probably aren't that useful because we don't have markings for any of the other guys. So you can't like his athletic comps aren't that strong on the site. But you know I I don't think you know Pierre, Pierre Garcon's on there. I guess that's really the only NFL guy that I yeah, okay uh, recognized, which I think is an interesting one. I don't think they're really similar stylistically at all. Uh, but but uh, comparable size. Um. So I, you know, looking at that kind of stuff. I think you you kind of have to start digging into some of the other metrics. Um, he is playing about eighty five percent of the time in the slot this year, um, so basically full time slot guy at this stage. Um, and the A dot, I think I think what's going to concern people is the A dot has gone down. Uh, Seven point six this year. Last year it was like a closer to ten, which is actually not a bad A dot. I don't know why people were. We're, we're dogging uh, how he was used last year because uh, that, that's really not that bad. But if you look at his receiving depth and how many receptions he's getting downfield and in intermediate section of the field, they're basically either using him like directly behind the line of scrimmage or he's going intermediate or deep. Like So basically like they're saying, you're our best player. We're either just going to get the ball in your hands or you're going to function as a receiver downfield. I love that about him. He's already got – um five catches over 20 yards uh which and i don't believe he had that many all of last year um so yeah he had one reception over 20 yards last year like he's been way more effective downfield had a 5.9 catch rate on targets uh beyond 20 yards and that's where i think he's really improved this year he's about 50 percent this year so he's a guy that i think has really rounded out his game i think with the athletic gifts I think he'll run below four or five. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think he's a first round draft pick. I do. I think it'll be like him, Evan Stewart, um, one or two other guys you can kind of argue in there. But I think as of now, the, the Stewart and burden are the two that I would bet money on being first rounders in a year's time.
1: Yeah, I would, I would completely agree with that. I, like I said, I, Never really moved off of Burden, but I think Stewart has moved into that round one conversation for me. And I agree, Luther Burden uh, is looking like he'll be a first round wide receiver. I think that you know the the big question mark is is Missouri going to be able to keep him there? He flirted with leaving last time. I think he will end up staying there, which makes me. I don't want to say second guess that first round draft capital, but uh, if he were to like transfer to Alabama or USC or something like that, then obviously we would feel a lot better about it. Uh, But I still feel pretty good with his profile overall. Then I think the NFL will like his skill set and like his profile, even though they don't really lean quite as much on some of these analytical metrics that, you know, the fantasy community tends to look at. The thing
0: is, I actually think going somewhere else would be bad because Brady Cook has been cooking this year. He has. That's a good point. He's actually been pretty good. Um, I've watched a couple of Missouri games now, and I really didn't think much of him at all coming into the year. And I still don't. I I know we're not talking like legitimate NFL prospect here or anything, but uh, he's like more than good enough to run a college offense. Like he's a pretty good college quarterback at this stage. He can run a little bit. So defenses have to respect that. So I I think he's really interesting, and they are in on uh, another five star kid from next year as well, Ryan Wingo. Actually, yeah, Who's actually kind of a similar player to Luther Burden. I think, like, like Burden for all of like his usage, I don't think he was that raw coming in. Like, he wasn't a super refined guy, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily classified him as super raw either. Ryan Wingo is he is um, almost Heike Williams ish uh, in his uh, rawness. <laughs> Um, but Missouri is the kind of school that you want those kind of guys to go to because maybe they can get on the field early and, and work out the kinks. So um, yeah, I think you know, Burden, I have a hard time moving him above any of the guys I have ahead of him now. Um, some of the true freshmen in there that have been good, you know, Zachariah Branch, Jonte Cook, um, Stewart. Um, I believe I have uh Buka and uh, Harrison above him as well. But after that, I mean I think he he slots firmly in there, and I think you could argue him over one or two of the guys in front of him there.
1: Yeah, I, I think you could you could argue with slotting him a little bit higher. Um, but I mean I I don't have him. I'm not gonna slot him any higher than what I have him. Yeah. Um, because if you're talking C2C, I mean, I I don't think another
0: year like this year is out of the question next year. No. Assuming he's healthy. So over six hundred yards, uh forty something touchdowns. He's he's top five uh in both those categories uh, and has five touchdowns as well. Um let's talk about Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback. Um I think we all know what his issues were last year. You know, wasn't that accurate deep Um, after he came back from that shoulder injury that he suffered against Bama. He was not um, he just wasn't generally very effective. He, 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 I think his wide receivers bailed him out more than he was helping them. But this year he's been excellent. He only has one game below 60% uh, completion percentage. Um, he's been cooking the past couple of weeks, uh, so over 70%. Um, he's been way more accurate deep than he was in the past. He is basically not putting the ball in harm's way at all. He's one been one of the best uh, players in the country this year at doing that. He has a 1.1% turnover-worthy throw percentage, according to PFF. Now, I think their numbers tend to be a little deflated on that front. But still, you know, relative to all the other deflated numbers, he's doing really well um he's pushing the ball further downfield this year than he has in the past um just a a really really uh a a much better performance out of him we we kind of doubted him a little bit this offseason Colin where do you
1: have Quinn Ewers right now uh so I have never really doubted him either I mean the the theme of the, the guys that you're you're talking about are guys that the public has definitely soured on um at stretches but i am notoriously slower to move off of guys especially quarterbacks yeah um you you and are. that can <laughs> yeah and that can you know be good in situations like um zach charbonnet um and Jalen mcmillan and that can also really hurt me at times guys like jermaine burton um, and uh, there's other guys too that I'm i'm just not thinking of off the top of my head but That's not the point of this segment. Quinn Ewers, though, is and has been my QB3 across the board here. So I was getting a little bit nervous um, heading into this year, but he's answered some questions. He hasn't looked perfect, but he has looked better. And I think the other big thing for me is that there's just nobody else that I have thought looks better than Ewers. Um, There are some guys who did climb in my rankings um, from where they were like guys like Shador Sanders has climbed a bit. Guys like JJ McCarthy has climbed a little bit. Michael Penix has climbed a little, Um, but I, I still don't think those guys are better pro prospects. And I don't think the NFL is going to like them as much as they will Quinn Ewers. And is some of this, still hanging on to that five-star perfect recruiting pedigree yeah to, to some extent but we have seen historically that the five-star status does matter especially more lately so i think the nfl is still going to like ewers i think he's answering a lot of questions this year he has looked better so i still have him as my my qb3 i think my one big issue with ewers it still
0: really gives me pause is that i think if you can and this is true for a lot of quarterbacks. Like this isn't a uniquely Quinn problem, but if you can move him off his spot, I think he's way less effective. Generally speaking, especially if he has to kind of step up and then out of the pocket. I don't think he does that. Well, I think he um, I think he actually does a really good job of keeping his eyes downfield. but you can tell in terms of like, once he gets out of the pocket, like I think he feels the rush pretty good in the pocket. Like he's got pretty good pocket presence. But he is not comfortable feeling pressure around him once he's out. Like he knows what's going on behind him when he's in the pocket. But as soon as he gets out, like he he doesn't have a, a sense of where those guys are. He kind of trips over his own feet because you can tell he's panicking a little bit. he trips over his own feet a lot when he's kind of scrambling out in those situations. And those are the things that worry me a little bit, especially because we always talk about now how the NFL is drifting more toward, you know, you've as a quarterback, you have to be able to. Uh, consistently get out of the pocket and throw on the run and make plays outside of structure. Um, and uh, you know, if, if the, the offense is accounting for 10 guys and they leave that 11th guy as a quarterback, you gotta be able to make to beat him, to create that time for yourself that we see a lot of those scenarios in the NFL. And I still don't think that he does that very well, but I think some of the other stuff in terms of uh, getting his footwork more ironed out in terms of uh, being more consistent downfield, um, and I think in terms of like, there were a lot of miscommunications last year and whether they were his fault or the wide receiver's fault at some point, like just the, the people have to get on the same page, right? Like whoever's fault is, it is like, if the wide if you know that, that Xavier worthy is never going to run and sit, you know, never going to run the post when it's there, he's going to sit instead. Like you, you've got to be you, and like an option out. You've got to be able to just know. Oh, no, Okay. I'm not gonna throw that post because he ain't going there. He's cutting the route off at 20 yards and sitting down in that that pocket they think is gonna be there. So I think stuff like that he's gotten a lot better with. I I'm interested to see how he does this weekend against Oklahoma. Because I don't think yeah. Oklahoma's defense is great, but I do think they can cause some havoc on the back end. They've got some pretty solid DBs. They have a decent pass rush. And I think they will be able to kind of scheme some things up to try to give him a little bit of trouble. So I am interested to see like, if he goes out and has a really good game against them, uh, I'll, I'll probably start coming around a little bit, but I have dropped him. I think he's outside or just, I think he's inside my top 15, but barely at the quarterback position. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You plummeted him. Yeah,
0: well, the problem is like, you have to, I had to, in my opinion, put him outside the top five freshmen at this point, just because I think they are a much safer investment. And that's kind of how mm -hmm. I especially I rank, especially a quarterback, those top guys. So that already put him at like 11 or 12, like (laughs) because you've got in the top, the top grouping that you've got May, you've got uh, uh, Caleb Williams. You've got those five freshmen. You've got Drew Alar, who I think has had his own issues this year, but we don't need to talk about that today. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in there. There's somebody else in there Wegman. too. Yes, Wegman. So that's nine. And then I think you start talking about the guys that I've kind of said, I think are more QB three in this class. I did a big segment last week. And mm-hmm. now that it's been a week, I can say this like publicly, not just to our NIL members. I'm between depending on the category you're looking at JJ McCarthy uh michael pratt or michael Penix; those are kind of the three that i think have a chance to be qb3 so i have all three of those guys in front of him as well so that puts him at 13 at the best i think you're in a category there with uh with with shador with him with um and for the record shador like has barely moved at all for me i had him just outside that grouping um i think you can probably toss kyle mccord in there a couple spots down but i think he's in that group like it's a group of like five or six guys that I think we're kind of still trying to figure out exactly what they are.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't see McCarthy or Shador, or some of those other guys as oh, better pro prospects than Quinn Ewers. I think McCarthy still has a lot of problems. I don't think McCarthy his, is a, his profile's better today. I'm better today. I, I mean, depends on what you're you're talking about. I mean, statistically, like uh, maybe, but I think Quinn Ewers is still a, a better quarterback and a better pro prospect. I think he's got better tools. I think McCarthy really still kind of struggles inside of structure, and we saw him throw was it three interceptions against Bowling Green? Like he yeah, hasn't any... he hasn't
0: thrown another one the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, but I who's mean... he played?
0: Well, you want to talk about him throwing against Bowling Green against he's played better teams than that this year and he hasn't thrown. I mean, I'm just saying like I, that's
1: I mean, that's fair. But like I'm just he he has not played anybody and he has not, in my mind, look when Quinn, Quinn went 11 for 21 against Wyoming. Like
0: if you want to play that game, I mean, there there yeah. there are games it's like that for every quarterback. I think you can point to that and at their best and it. It's not a. It's a kind of a flat performance. Uh, Michael Penix didn't throw a touchdown this weekend, although he did throw for like three hundred yards. So yeah, not, not I, a
1: great example. But I, mean,
0: I think there's there's games like that for pretty much everybody.
1: Yeah, Ewers. The biggest problem I have with Ewers, honestly, is he plays to his competition. He plays up yeah. when it's a good team, and he plays down when it's not a good team. Like Wyoming, he didn't play look that look that great against Rice, but he looked good against Alabama. He looked good last week against Kansas. Um, so. I think with JJ McCarthy, there there hasn't been a game yet this year where he has needed to play up to the comp- level of competition. So, my I am still on my prior evaluation of him until we see him look good against Penn State, against Ohio State, um, somebody you know, somebody like that. I, I think those are really going to be the two, or in the playoff. Um, because he's still, I still can't get over some of those boneheaded decisions that he made last year. So I am not there yet on McCarthy and some of these other guys. I have moved Shador up pretty significantly. Um, he is sitting at 11 for me. And I know this isn't a Shador Sanders yeah. talk conversation, but I had him previously down in like the mid 20s.
0: Yeah. Cause that was a, that was, I want to call it a big discussion when we did the Debbie, uh, guide, but I was surprised. I think I had him like QB 16 or 17, like in that group, like right mm-hmm. outside of like kind of the the top guys, just cause I thought the upside was great. And the downside was terrible, but you point to any of the guys behind them and say, you know, that same the thing. upside was any better. And, uh, the mystery box effect does kind of, uh, bump some guys up sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think he's been an interesting guy. He has, yeah. Like I said, he hasn't really moved any for me. Um, but he was he was kind of a guy we discussed pretty heavily this offseason. Third guy that I want to talk about here real quick before we talk about our C200 actually our our our, um, our uh, cornerstone rankings. Travion Henderson, Ohio State running back. I think um I think he gotten his value got nuked pretty hard and you can still say, you know, he was a top uh 15 18 selection in drafts this year um so, you know, how how far did he drop but compared to as a top Four pick pretty much locked in last year. Um, I think that's a pretty uh, steep, steep drop there. Henderson uh, last season suffered a couple of different injuries, including some stuff that was more serious than we knew at the time. Um, and, and so, and he tried to play through it. And that can sometimes be a prospect's worst uh, enemy. If you want to talk about another Ohio state running back that did that uh, a few years back, you can point to JK Dobbins who had that awful sophomore season. Because he had a bad injury and tried to play through it and looked like crap. Henderson, uh, as a freshman, I just want to point out like, I am not a huge, huge believer in rush yards over expected. I think it's uh, useful to an extent. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to break down what you can do on campuscan.com with our rush yards over expected tool, our proprietary um, um, uh, proprietary formula tool. there. Mm-hmm. Um Trevion, as a true freshman, Average 0.48 rush yards over expected per attempt. So every time he rushed the ball, he got about half a yard more than you would expect a comparable running back to do in that similar situation. As a sophomore, he got negative 0.37 rush yards over expected per attempt. So he was losing 3.7 yards more than you would expect. Not great, Bob. Not good, not good. This year, 0.89 rush yards over expected. Per attempt, he's getting almost a full rush yard more snip, per attempt. Snap, snip, snap. Than you would expect, and I think it's because he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And it is a small sample size. I think rush yards over expected is one of those uh, metrics that is way less useful in a small sample and way more useful once you get um, you know deeper into the season. Um, so I don't want to you know draw like a huge conclusion. He's only gotten what like fifty carries or something this year. But been very encouraging. I think he has looked like that kind of first step is back. Um, they still aren't using him as a receiver as we want him to, but I think that's more of a scheme issue because we've seen him be, yeah, more than competent, very very good as a receiver. Um, I I bumped him from one to two. <laughs>
1: I feel kind of bad doing it. <laughs> I, I'm kind of tempted to put him back at one. Okay, all right. I uh, I was I was wondering where you were where you were kind of going with that. Um, like where you would have him? Uh, I have him at three. I bumped him from two to three. So Singleton is one. Mm-hmm. I had I have Raheem Sanders ahead of him. Okay, I was gonna get Judkins. No, Judkins is just behind him. Okay. Um, I still have Sanders ahead of him. I get it, those two are very close for me, and I and Quinchan's not that far behind those two either. Um, but with Sanders he's been banged up so and, and there's not really like any NFL buzz i think i saw you mention that at some point in time which there's just like no real NFL buzz which is bizarre Dane Brugler had him like ranked r- disgustingly low which i don't get
0: yeah and brugler like i kind of like you you pay attention because he's putting names on the radar but i also like this far in advance, I'm comfortable sometimes being like, okay, Brugler doesn't have him there, but at running back, I'm probably listening to Brugler
1: cause he's got a pretty good uh, yeah. track record with, with running backs. He does. So that's, that's a, a discussion for another day on Sanders, but yeah. So I've dropped Travey on one spot. I think I can excuse a decent amount of the, um, you know, situation from last year due to injuries I think a lot of concerns that are are brought up and, you know, Felix and Matt Waldman talked about Travion on uh, the NIL podcast feed. They broke him down very in depth. And I agree with a lot of the things that they said, you know, and, and Felix has said it before Travion runs soft. He does not lower the shoulder and try and run through people. He would rather try to run around you. And that is a little bit of a concern of mine. But when you are as dynamic and as shifty as he is, um, I still think there's a, a very high ceiling there for Travion and his pass game usage, which we have seen before and are not seeing at Ohio State. But I, again, I kind of attribute that more to scheme, like you were saying. I still think he has a an NFL skill set. I think the NFL is still going to like him. Uh, is he a first-round running back? No, I, I don't. Nick Singleton might be the only first-round running back I see currently in college football. I don't think Singleton's a first round pick today. I I think it's like borderline, but I think he's the only one that I would argue is I could see it for to be honest. So, but I, that's not necessarily a knock when Travion, the running back position, has been generally devalued, and I think Travion is still a top fifty pick in the NFL draft. So I still think he'll go in like the the mid to upper part of the second round. So who, I think he'll get that draft capital. Um, so I I haven't really dropped him that much.
0: He's what everyone wants Donovan Edwards to be like. They're praying so hard. that Donovan Edwards can learn to run between the tackles.
1: And it's just like.
0: Yeah, you've got a guy that's already doing it.
1: Yeah, I the whole Donovan Edwards thing is, is a discussion for another day. I never really was a big fan of Donovan. It's Edwards. actually not a discussion for another day because we're about to talk about him in the next thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I added that on there. So that's a fair point. But um, yeah, I. We're it's a topic for another time. We're still on Travion. But yes, I agree. I think Travion is what people want Donovan Edwards to be. I think Travion is probably going to be a committee back in the NFL, but there's just very few true bell cows nowadays that I don't think being a committee back in the NFL is necessarily a bad thing if you get the key usage, which I think Travion will
0: yeah i'm trying to pull up real quick to compare him to alvin Kamara's uh college career um oh,
1: okay.
0: because i think everyone wants to compare kind of some of these like not quite scatback, but probably not quite well-rounded enough to be um like you know 20 carry nfl guys and mm-hmm. you heard it about jameer gibbs last year um there's been some other guys as of late too um, but I actually think if you go and look at Kamara's um, kind of underlying stats in college, Travion actually does compare kind of favorably. Travion's also over 210 pounds, so he's got yeah. that going for him. Where guys like Gibbs and um, Donovan Edwards and um, I don't know Devin Achain, although I don't, I think that's like almost a different category of player. Um, you're looking like you're right on Devin Achain, by the way. I was, I don't we don't know. have can't bound anymore. So I was yeah. hoping I never had to address this. Um, yeah, but.
1: that's fine. I mean, Hey, you, you brought it up. I didn't, <laughs> I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, and it, I have a lot of Devin chains, So I'm, I'm happy to sit over here with, with my pile of Devin chains and just, just smile. Well, wave. I made it easier
0: for you to pick them up then. So you're welcome. You did. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what, the big thing for Travion is going to be where he goes. I think he's a way better zone runner. Mm-hmm. So um you know i think that's becoming a little more common in the nfl because i think a lot of backs are coming out of college right now and i think i don't know if it's because of how many plays are getting run out of shotgun now or it's just because offensive linemen are getting worse and zones usually a little bit easier if you just have like a you know an athletic guy in there it's mobile you can kind of get them moving some guys out of space i don't know the exact reason but it seems like at, at zone is becoming a little more uh, popular and has been over the past couple of years, so there are more options. But I really think if it goes somewhere that had that that runs way more zone than than gap type uh, stuff, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be pretty good, and I think he is closer to a a Kamara running back in air quotes than Jameer Gibbs. Even though Jameer Gibbs um, is probably the better receiver, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, on that that scale of things, because Gibbs was not a good rusher like between the tackles at all in college so
1: yeah not not particularly I mean he he got better in his in his last year at Alabama there um but yeah he wasn't a particularly great in between the tackles runner it's gonna depend a lot on on where he, Travion ends up but I am still pretty high on Travion from a rush yards over expected
0: metric Gibbs's year at Alabama is significantly worse than anything Travion has put up so far in his career too so again in, not a perfect stat but i think it does kind of show really especially kind of your ability to to win between the tackles mm-hmm. and Gibbs was very poor at it so henderson um you know i, I think I'm, I'm comparing him to all of alvin, alvin kamara's years and all of jameer Gibbs' years and his 2021 was just as good as any of them and if his 2023 continues it would be the best year of any of those those years for these backs uh, actually that's a lie alvin kamara's Uh, 2015 season so his second to last season he did have just over one rush yard uh over expected per attempt so but in that ballpark so pretty pretty good year there uh for travion overall all right let's move into our cornerstone rankings and we do have these over at campscan.com i forget exactly which membership level they're for i think it's just nil you sure no, nah, I think they're available for more than that, more people than that. We get people that ask about it in the Discord.
1: I wanted to say it was just nil, but uh, I I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't I I don't, I don't think that's correct, but I don't know.
0: Um, we have our Cornerstone rankings, and they combine NFL and college players, and to one list, two hundred every like the the six rankers or whatever we have have the top two hundreds. Um, And then it averages them all together. Um, We don't allow people to kind of download or sort by our individual lists because we kind of want to give like a aggregated kind of almost like consensus Mm -hmm. um, ranking. I think we think that's a little more valuable than being able to look at each of us individually. Yeah. Um, So this might not necessarily be reflective of like the group, but at times I do like to go through and kind of say what changes I've been making. just so people can get a feel for because you know if i move a guy but nobody else on our group moves a guy like he doesn't show up there but i like him um so let's talk about some guys i actually want to talk about the the players we've moved out first that we had in our top 200 that were college players um i have a handful i probably have more than this that i can't remember uh over the past four weeks uh colin um yeah actually I, i think most of the guys that you, you've moved, I've moved as well. Do you want to start with Donovan Edwards since you kind of teased it earlier?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. I, I, I agree. I think a lot of the guys that you've moved on your – that you have on your list there are also guys that I have moved in and out. I think our our changes are fairly similar here. Um, but we'll start with Donovan Edwards, and that's a guy that I have moved out of my C200. Um, he has just not looked good running between the tackles. And I I didn't think he did last year either – Um, But he's so dynamic of a receiver and out in open space that I was almost willing to overlook that a little bit and think that, okay, maybe he can grow and learn to run in between the tackles, but he's still in his third year has really not been able to show that at this point. And like some people have pointed out, you know, that Michigan is a very run running back friendly scheme and system, and if he can't run between the tackles at, at Michigan, where that offensive line is dominating the teams that they're playing, I think it's just a skill set that he does not really have. You know, can he be a great third down back at the NFL level? I think there's there's definitely potential for that still, um, but that's not somebody that I want inside my top 200 assets uh for campus to can so i have dropped donovan edwards out of my c200 the problem with betting on guys like edwards going
0: into their uh first year of draft eligibility is that um if they don't like they've had two years of probably not displaying a skill that you want them to display and so if they don't do it the third year that's kind of really the crusher for value Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, Edwards is a tough one because I think we were like, well, if he just learns to run between the tackles, he's improving, but if it continues to improve, then,
1: uh, he's interesting and he hasn't. So, and he's already said that he's gone after this year, basically. Oh, did he say that? I'm, I, missed I that. I'm pretty sure he said he's basically gone after this year. Um, obviously he could always change his mind, but I'm pretty sure he's, he's going to go.
0: It's funny. Cause I don't think from like a scheme and situational type deal. I don't know that there's a better place for him than Michigan, but it's also like, maybe he should get out of there and kind of prove that he can be the guy like Zach Charbonnet did different Mm -hmm. styles of players, but Charbonnet went somewhere else where he could be a bell cow and show that he could be a bell cow. I don't know. That's what Edwards has to do. Like, I don't know that you want Edwards to go somewhere and run the ball 25 times a game, but um i think everyone kind of views him right i think maybe rightfully at this point as guy as a guy that at least for college purposes has been second fiddle to to blake quorum for his entire career and that's not uh necessarily a good thing uh for his uh stock moving forward especially if he does decide to lead up leave after this year uh we won't get any quorumless years for him um i, I have also bumped Devontae's walker out colin um mm-hmm. i think this is just like a like you don't want to fade him too hard, but it's hard to argue he's a top 200 asset right now when he can't play football this year. It will be what his fifth year out of high school, or yeah. this year was his fifth year out of high school already. And I, I know, yeah. late declare doesn't always bother me. I think it's got to be really situational. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his situation is certainly like an interesting one, but tough to argue that he's not played football at all for two years in college yeah. right now, uh, COVID year where he. Uh, did they didn't practice at all and he transferred and then this year with the not getting the waiver
1: yeah I, it really is a shame what the NCAA is doing to him honestly because I think this just completely derailed his NFL career because even if he, if he comes back next year he's not going to get a chance to play with Drake May so he's not going to have all those eyes on him he's not going to have this good quarterback with him um, and he's going to be in his sixth year I think early declare for me where we're talking like third year out of school is more of a green light than declaring as a senior or late declaring is than a red light. But sixth year is tough that I don't know if there's anybody who has succeeded in the NFL after being in college for that long. So I have tanked Walker pretty heavily on the Devi spectrum. Um, which is really a shame because I was really excited to see what he would do with Drake may with that skill set. I think they could have worked some magic here. And the NCAA is just absolutely, I don't swear that often on this podcast. I don't think I've ever said the F word, but they are fucking him and it's terrible.
0: Great. I have to go edit out
1: this podcast now. Cause Colin can't keep his potty mouth. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I think that's the first time I've said the F word on a podcast. So
0: I, I it's, it's really, really hard to, uh to to really figure out what's going on there with like his value. Yeah. Like I would have advocated, I did advocate, I think, going into the season once they said he couldn't play, like sell him for something that's going to be useful this year. Mm-hmm. But do you still think people would say, oh well it's you know it's just you just delay the profile for a year. And that could be true. You know, I'm not saying it it won't or it can't be true, but I think it's it's just you know tough to skip a whole year of football. Like we've seen that time and time again. Uh, He's not injured. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but yeah, there's a lot of kind of things around that situation that aren't uh, ideal right now for sure. Um, Have you taken Kyle McCord out of yours? Was Kyle McCord in your top 200 next, next Ohio state quarterback.
1: He had, (laughs) he was, yeah, he was. Um, I have dropped him out. Um, He's kind of one of those like fringe type of guys. I know he, He started slow this year. He started to look a little bit better as he's kind of settled in. Um, Although people were making a lot out of that Notre Dame drive at the end of the game there. There were two plays that very easily could have been picked um, to end that drive that he had. So there was still some good and bad in that. So I have dropped Kyle McCord out, even though he is the Ohio State quarterback here. Uh, I think he is closer to a Mac Jones type of a prospect than anybody else we've seen come out of Ohio state recently, then he, than McCord is close to anybody else we've seen coming out of Ohio state. So he doesn't really offer much with his legs. He's got a nice arm. He makes just good decisions most of the time, but there are some boneheaded ones in there. I, I think it's also a lot of scheme. So I don't think I see much of a NFL st- starters future for mccord anymore i think he'll be like a long-term nfl backup and maybe he gets a shot at some point but i've i've dropped mccord a decent amount too now i haven't nuked him because he is still an ohio state quarterback but uh i've i've dropped him out of my 200
0: um i've dropped his teammate brandon ennis um too i've actually dropped him and dickie i think Again, we've talked about this ad nauseum here. I guess that on other people's shows, I was on Back to Debbie last week talking about it. I was on Nelly's show talking about it. I was think I was on Campus Life talking about it. I'm a little more aggressive with getting rid of some of these freshman wide receivers uh, that look like they're not going to hit any of the year one zero thresholds before they get to the end of the year because their value just tanks precipitously. Um, I'd rather get out of it now, and it doesn't look like Ennis is playing enough for that to happen and neither does jury on Dickey, quite frankly, Ohio, um, uh, Oregon had another big uh, blowout first half was close, but second half wasn't last weekend and Dickey didn't play a single snap. That's concerning.
1: Yeah, that is concerning for me on, uh, on the front with Dickey um, with Brandon Innes. He is like right on the fringe for me. I have dev- definitely dropped him because he was like a top 10 guy for me. I think I had him at like nine or 10. Um So I've dropped him now. He's in like the the mid-20s. I think I have him at 21 currently. Um, I think with Innis, they haven't been rotating wide receivers quite as much as we kind of expected them to at Ohio State this year. Now, I mean, I don't necessarily fault them for that because they do have two studs in Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, And Innis has gotten a, a handful of snaps here and there. So I I still have some hope for Ennis. And even if he doesn't hit that year 10 threshold, like I think he will be a starting wide receiver for them next year. I know they are bringing in some very good freshmen next year as well, but he'll have that leg up. So, I'm not ready to tank him yet. I have him right on the fringe of like that top 200. Um I Man, I'm keeping him in. I have him at at 200 right now. And I go back and forth. Sounds like you're too chicken to delete him. That (sighs) sounds like you're too much of a coward to hit the delete button and Uh, move another guy in there. That's what that sounds like uh, to me. What it is, is I don't have anybody else that I want to move in there. There's nobody like, I'm like, okay, this person deserves to be in there, so I'm going to put him in so i still have him there but i don't feel great do you have guys like jaden reed in your rankings i do jaden reed i have at uh, 180. okay do you have a guy like
0: um i'm trying to think of some of the the uh you have like Rashid Shahid or Jerome Ford in your top 200? Because I would rather have both of those guys than Brandon Ennis today.
1: Um, Actually, I don't have Jerome Ford in there. I should put Ford in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe I don't have him in there. So I'm adding him now. You, you want to hear something crazy about Jerome Ford? I think he I'm starts pretty, next year.
0: I'm pretty sure I had to add him to the ranking set like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody
1: had him in there. That could, yeah. That's that's more of an oversight on me because I I'm a big I was a big Jerome Ford guy, and for the record, I like I said I think he is going to end up being the starter there next year as well. I think it's going to be a little while before Chubb comes back from that. Not a great running back uh, draft either, so it's mm-hmm. not like you have to really worry. I mean, they could get a guy
0: in round you know early round, but I also think this is their last year without all of their picks. Yeah, so, I think. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you're chomping at the bit to spend draft capital on a running back when you don't have yeah. all your picks. Um, and generally speaking outside of maybe one or two games, the quarterback that you're paying a bajillion dollars to has looked like crap, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. That just was some names I wanted to toss out there. Uh was Trey Benson in your ranking at the start of the year.
1: And is he still uh, there now? Um, Trey Benson is in the top uh, is in mine. Um, he was, and he is still is, but again, he's like right at the very bottom. He's in that situation where, again, there's just nobody that I want to move in ahead of him right now. Like the running back position has been very disappointing for me overall. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm still keeping him in for now, but I don't love it.
0: Uh, I have, I have moved him out. I don't think he has any business being near that. Um, how about some guys that we've added Colin? I think we are going to agree on a lot of these names, but I have one that I think is going to shock people with where I, where I moved them and how I have him. Uh, I've moved Troy Franklin in. I didn't have him in there beginning of the season, kind of coming around on Troy Franklin. Uh, I talk about that a little bit, uh, in my key takeaways article this week,
1: um, I'm very upset with myself. I was going to pick him as my player that would help his stock the most this year, but we had too many other Oregon players. Yeah. It was like all Oregon. And <laughs> yeah. So like I had, because our, both of our bold predictions or whatever, I think were Oregon related and yeah. So I didn't want too much Oregon talk there. So I ended up going with Matthew golden, which I don't think looks great now, but I he's did not do bad this year. He's not, he's not, but he's not helping himself quite like I thought he would. No. Um, but Troy Franklin is a guy that I did have in my rankings.
0: Yeah, I think he's pretty firmly a second round guy now. Yeah, I, I can't put him too much higher than that for the NFL. But I think I think that's his range. It's pretty good wide receiver class. I've moved mm-hmm. Keon Coleman in. I think we've talked about him a little bit this season. Um, I think he's a pretty good wide receiver prospect. And if you look at some of those guys, you know, sit down and try to like rank, you know, your top 160 dynasty assets essentially, and then your top 40 college guys. I think I. I have to fifty right. college guys in, but um like it's it's you think like some of these names maybe shouldn't appear and then you sit down and actually do the exercise and um it's a little more uh skewed than you would think. Yeah. Uh Mitchell Mitchell's moved into mine. He's at he's at the very, very bottom. Um uh Travis Hunter has actually moved into mine as well. Mm-hmm. And I know we always talk about like, you know, does he even end up playing wide receiver or not? But I think just based on the upside, you have to put him there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I did move Travis Hunter into mine as well. He's towards the bottom, um, so I, I, I'm not completely sold that he will be a long term NFL receiver. I think he might choose corner. I don't know for sure, but like you said, just on the uh, just on the upside, I think you have to put him in there
0: um i've moved uh katron allen in here and i moved him pretty far up i think he was probably you know we i only ranked at 200 but he was probably one of those first few out i have him at 148 overall is that is that too aggressive i mean he's been pretty good this year
1: no i don't think that's i don't think that's too aggressive um i have i have him in in mine as well so uh where do you have Allen? Yeah. um yeah, he's like towards the bottom. I don't want to say towards the bottom. He's at like one sixty-eight right now. Okay,
0: so we're twenty so spots not,
1: apart. But realistically, yeah. you know, it's not. It's yeah, all kind of one tier there. Um, yeah. I had him two? in at one. I had Allen in, dropped him out, and put him back in. Then, uh, hokey pokey style. A little bit, yeah. That's his new nickname, hokey pokey. That's better than his current nickname. What is his nickname? They call him Fat Man. Do they really? Because yeah. he showed up fat. Yeah, because he showed up fat.
0: <laughs> it is pretty crazy how he showed up. He was listed at like 220 or something like that coming out of high school, and then he was listed at like one ninety-five, and now he's back at two fifteen or something yeah. like that. Like that Penn State weight room, man.
1: That's real. Know what they're feeding him
0: there. Spoilers. Probably not, not natty, but you know, <laughs> they got it working there, whatever they're doing. No, I'm not I'm not accusing a high school sophomore or a college sophomore of doing steroids. <laughs> sure um the shocking name colin do you have lsu running back caleb jackson in
1: your top 200 i do not that that is a shocking name that is shocking
0: i have him as a top 12 debbie running back is that even more
1: shocking a little bit i have him at 25 so it's not like i hate him but that is i have him right there with uh damian martinez ramon davis um Marshawn lloyd chip Trainum, like right in that group
0: I've seen just enough to think that this guy's going to take take just college football over when he gets
1: the job. Wow, okay. All yeah. right. Have yeah. you have you tried to acquire him at any point? Yeah. Okay. It Successful? seems Dude, it
0: seems like the person who who can't pay attention to their team at all in season and every single one of my leagues has Caleb Jackson. Like DM them on like six different platforms like <laughs> Send like multiple trade offers, like just like you know, DM on like Twitter, on Sleeper, on Fantrax. Like, I'm just like, and no, I never even get responses on these trade offers. Like, I'm like, I don't even care if you say, like, just say no. I've had to cancel all of them because it's like no one's yeah. accepting anything. He's very, very annoying. Um, it's it's amazing. I have him in two leagues. Uh, one of them is our home C2C, I think, and then I have him in another one.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but I uh, I wish I had more of him, and I'm going to keep annoying people. Um, I'm not. I almost just went. You know, name a person here, <laughs> the NBMs. Uh I won't do that. But um, put him
1: on blast. Send the send the Twitter army after him. I will not.
0: Um, <laughs> it's a person. It's multiple people, but the one that's been annoying me the most is a person who's like tangentially connected to the Debbie community. It's been driving me freaking crazy mm-hmm. um so there's that uh, but i would like to acquire him and i would spend i don't know i'd spend pretty heavy because i think next year's running back class kind of sucks yeah i think that's fair. like if it's a league where my team's good and it's probably going to be a late first i'd offer my first for jackson oh okay okay see if i could get someone to bite on that because he wasn't a
1: first rounder and he hasn't played a lot this year yeah um so do you think Diggs, logan Diggs, leaves after this year
0: uh, I think potentially. Yeah. And again, with running backs, we don't really care about like breakout, you know, early breakout or anything. Right. Uh, we just care about their best year and I have like, unless he gets injured, I have such little doubt that at, you know, within the first three years of him being in college, he, run, he takes over a running back room somewhere. So I don't think LSU, if I remember correctly, has any guys coming in next year that are like good next year's running. My class is so bad anyway that I don't, I don't even know if there's a better player than him. Like I have, I think I have one tier one running back next year. Oof. And then another like fringy guy. Mm. Well, who's the tier one guy? Quentin Martin is going to Penn state. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I like Quentin Martin a lot too, but that also could have been homerism. So The top, my top two guys are guys that are going one, one's going to Penn state. And it's like after next year, that backfield just could be completely empty and they have a good history of running back development. And the other one's going to Clemson and they potentially are empty after this year with Shipley and Mafa. So it's like a media immediate opportunity. We know Clemson did dipping into the portal. So yeah. um like those are my top two guys. Like and this talent situation married together I think is uh is good for both of them. But, okay. Very interesting. And I know that Quentin Martin's playing tough talent because out here from the berg. So yeah, yeah the western western PA. Yeah. yeah yep, yep. Um, all right. That's enough about our cornerstones. If you uh, want to check them out, go over to campscant.com. We have them uh, listed as our C200 rankings. They are under the rankings tab. And then again, it shows all of our, it shows our top 200 overall, and you can filter by position um, if you want to kind of break it out and, and do it that way. And it's a nice uh, starting point uh, when you're thinking about trades for higher end uh, players. Um Maybe, maybe you know, like one for one trades that you know you think maybe you need to DM me about, but really you could just go check that first and then DM me and or not DM me at all. Not to say I don't appreciate your DMs. Just saying <laughs> there are places out there for you to look. Like. Um uh, all right. So I had us planned actually calling to do a full uh two round uh twenty twenty four rookie draft. But I'm actually gonna hold off on that for a week because we're almost an hour in here mm-hmm. and Uh, that's going to take us a little while. We still have to do waivers and start sits.
1: So we're going to save that till next week.
0: That's going to be a long one. Yeah, we are. So we're, we're, like I said, we're saving that till next week. Shout out to the top performers of the week. Uh, Real quick, before we go into waiver wire, Jalen Rayner, quarterback at Arkansas state, He's still available in your league. Go get him. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. 58.65 points in six point passing touchdown leagues, running back Ray Davis, who two idiots definitely did not tell you to sit this week (laughs) against Florida. I did.
1: You it twice. 53.9 <laughs> <laughs> points. Uh Tory Horton, uh wide receiver for Colorado State. Uh, for, for anybody though that just uh was wondering, I did follow my own advice. I did sit him, and it did cost me. So
0: I don't have any Ray Davis, so there was <laughs> nothing for me to actually sit there. Um, this was all academic for me. Um <laughs> and then uh Brock Bowers led all the tight ends again. So shock. I think that's his second time in a row of course oh yeah it is a second time in a row isn't it yeah Yeah. two uh two really nice weeks there for him all right let's dive into the waiver wire um not i think we've kind of uh fluctuated over the past couple weeks like good week kind of thin week good week kind of thin week um and i think we'll probably get more thin weeks than good weeks moving forward just because of you know most of the good players are we know are good by now and they're gone um, but we do have a couple of names here that we just want to highlight limited waivers. And we've been referring to those as, as leagues that allow 10 or fewer pickups, essentially. Um, Jalen Rayner, if he's still floating around out there, the Arkansas state quarterback, he's put up 40 plus points, uh, and his two starts this year, he's a true freshman. Uh, hard to imagine, uh, outside of injury that that goes uh, too far South too quickly. And they just play a terrible schedule at Arkansas state. Zion Chris, I still see floating around a lot of places. Um, didn't have like an amazing week last week, but like the rushing upside is is tremendous. And when I think of uh, players that are um, kind of those dual threat quarterbacks, like I think um, uh, who's that? Uh, Bert Emanuel is like the worst yeah. on the spectrum in terms of uh, yeah. uh, uh, passing the ball. Chris is is better than that. Um, he, he's not like Bert Emanuel level. He's closer to like the acceptable range. Uh he's run for almost 300 yards this year if you take out sacks. And I don't think he has a ton of sack yardage uh in there. And he is completing about 67% of his passes. Now, granted, it's like, you know, mostly low A dot kind of stuff or like medium A dot kind of stuff, but he's he's been pretty good so far. Um, so I, I like him. Two freshman wide receivers, guys, that if they're on your your waivers, I think you need to go get them. Let's start with Amarian Miller, Colin. Um, Colorado. Uh, was injured to start the year, uh, got a couple of snaps past couple of weeks, but this week uh, saw a major increase in snap share, I'm assuming, just because Xavier Weaver's banged up and Travis Hunter's still out. Um, and he put up 196 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Big I week. think this is really, really interesting because Weaver and Horn could both be gone after this year. They'll still have Hunter, but... As we've said, I think a lot on this show. You know, I don't think Hunter's like an every week fantasy guy. You know, he'll he'll have his spots here and there. Miller could step in and be their wide receiver one or you know one B or whatever next season. It's a really interesting guy. He was not a guy that I liked at all, quite frankly. But this
1: was a good week. It's USC's defense. Maybe he actually isn't good. But <laughs> I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, he's probably a little inflated. Uh, this week, because of the USC defense, and because they just had to chuck the ball a ton, um, but I wouldn't. I, I would still, I would still go go at him if he's available out there for the reasons like you said. If if nothing else, even if he's not an NFL guy, um, he should be the number one or one B in that offense next year, most likely. So we're looking at some nice CFF production from him, which. I believe I was the only one who had him ranked uh, for C2C. So, Marion? Mm hmm. Might be. I didn't have him ranked. I, I had him as 168, and I have 170 wide receivers ranked. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was right there at the bottom. He was right there in my tier of, um, at the very bottom of tier freshmen who have not really done anything but like, I don't want to drop them all the way out yet. That's Jalen Smith, Jalen Brown, Andy Jean, DeAndre Moore, Amari Miller, Tayshawn Lyons, and Jaron Hamilton. Well, can I ask why you had him with those guys? With the, like with that group? like our, I don't think our group as a collective was high on him. You, you just liked him? Uh, I liked the opportunity at Colorado. Okay. And I thought that they're, you know, I, I think he's he's solid. Um it's uh, definitely some things he needs to clean up, but kind of liked the opportunity. So I was I intrigued. Mean, I don't think we had him in our freshman guide
0: at all. Uh, I'm, I'm actually I have it open right in front of me. I'm looking really mm-hmm. quickly here. Um, Interesting. Okay.
1: Do, 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 we did 39th overall.
0: Okay, so we kind of okay. liked them.
1: Yeah, as I said, I thought I thought we had him in there. Um, I didn't think I was on an island. Oh, you like I said, on. I don't, I don't love him or anything like that, but I think he's, I think he was worth ranking. Yeah, uh, David wrote up his profile. Um, okay, and here's
0: what here's what David had to say about him. Miller is one of the better receivers in this class at making catches through contact. He has solid change of direction, burst, and build up speed. He tracks the ball well over his shoulder and can make over the shoulder catches downfield. His leaping and high point ability should make him a dangerous red zone threat. Colorado has him listed at two hundred pounds already. So, he also possesses ideal mem- measurements for an outside receiver. However, Miller has a nonchalant play style that can be off putting at times. He seems to be better at making high difficulty plays rather than the routine ones. He also played against a low level of competition in Louisiana. Uh, he doesn't look dynamic enough with the ball in his hands. So, that game, uh, that part of his game may not translate at the college level. So, uh, hmm. but he did cite uh, a, a kind of open wide receiver depth chart. Um, as a reason to to be maybe interested so i don't know interesting 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 and on the depth chart it's funny how quickly these things change we put six wide receivers on there uh tyson and Lamonius craig are gone already so <laughs> uh, two guys that we had listed in front of him we yep. had him six on the depth chart so you know move, moving up quickly there for sure i don't i don't think our our take was a bad was a bad or incorrect take no I don't at think all, so, quite frankly um tough to predict that all those guys would transfer out at wide receiver when that was like their one position of actual kind of like power five level, you know, comp, you know, uh, ability. Yeah. So um I, I will actually, you know, some of them. Yeah. I think we got wrong. I don't think we got a Mario Miller wrong at all, quite frankly. Um, And obviously still only been one game. So uh the other guy, is Tyler Brown at Clemson who put up hundred and something yards receiving this week against Syracuse with Antonio Williams out. Brown's a really interesting one because he is a miss for us. He, he was not in our guide. I don't think we even considered him for the guide. Um, And I think, again, I don't think this was necessarily a bad process because he's literally only playing slot. And I don't think he, we would have gotten this opportunity if Antonio Williams hadn't gotten banged up. Yeah. Like, we would still have very little idea who Tyler Brown is without that. Now, I guess because he's gotten to play, I think we'll see both of them play together. And it's interesting because I think Brown – They've used him a little more downfield, but he's not left the slot at all. So I do think if you have Williams and and Brown on the field at the same time for Clemson, that Williams probably plays outside, and then Brown plays in the slot, and then you know pick your you know, Bo Collins or whoever is the third guy there. But I think he's a good player. I've moved him in my top thirty debit receivers.
1: Wow. Oh yeah, I think I saw you. You mentioned that in our in our chat. Um, that is
0: that is very high. I mean, if you go look at that range of player, like it's there's it's you're talking, I don't know, Dankey, uh, like not for me, but like J. Michael Sturtevant, like those are the kind of players that if you yeah. were looking at a default list, you're kind of sticking him in with. And once mm-hmm. you think of it that way, like I don't think it's really ridiculous yeah. at all.
1: I mean, I haven't, I put him in at uh wide receiver 52, so not crazy low, but I have him right there with uh, Nate McCollum, uh, Malachi Coleman, um, Dominic Lovett. So I have him kind of in that group.
0: He looks bigger. He's listed at like 179 or something. I think he looks a little bigger than that. Like he's got a decent frame. He's got like a wide receiver build. I kind of like it. He's got those longer arms. Um, he's He's been... The one thing about him is... And this is like just such a small sample size. I don't know that we can draw too many conclusions from it. But it, it you, know, you can look at what's happening so far and say he's basically been nothing after the catch, which I do think is really, really interesting. Um, and that's... Like it is, it's weird because I think they're going to put him in the slot as a guy that can't do anything after the catch. Meanwhile, Antonio Williams is a monster after the catch, and I think they're going to put him outside. And it's like, me, like, I don't like, you know, obviously, who's comfortable where he makes a big difference, but you would think those skill sets might translate the opposite direction. So, uh, interesting there. Uh, unlimited waivers. I did put Ishmael Mahdi, who is the running back at Texas State. Yep. i think he's like not a priority guy for me he's he has been seeing an increased uh share of the backfield um but he's not like getting huge volume um he's relied a lot a little bit on touchdowns for fantasy production over the past couple of weeks so um i like again that's why i have him on limited waivers i didn't put him in the limited waiver section but if you really need a running back bad at this point of the season i mean you're not know, gonna probably find a guy that steps up much more than what Moddy's doing right now
1: yeah, I mean, I think that, it, it, like you said, running back, if you need it, it's pretty barren out there. I think you could do a lot worse than Mahdi. Uh, and that's going to be a pretty soft schedule like the rest of the way out. So uh, there's not really anybody left. I don't have it pulled up in front of me here, but uh, there's nobody off the top of my head left that is going to worry you.
0: And he has seen, I, I want to say, like, he's not hes not getting no touches. He's gotten 21 and 14 the past couple two uh, weeks, but it was also Nevada and Southern Miss. weeks before that he got six six and three so it's definitely an uptick but it's not necessarily what i would consider bell cow usage and he is smaller like he's not like a 230 pound power back like penny boone is uh at at um at at toledo that you know he can get 35 carries in the mac and uh not be worse for the wear i don't think moddy has that in him so you know does he have enough uh, explosive plays in the bag to consistently week to week i'm not super sure but again running back help sure why not all right let's do start sits here colin last week um not my best week um and not you didn't mine have either. a great one either <laughs> yeah
1: it was it was a little rough it was a little rough but we're back this week
0: boys and tell you what um so start sits we each pick 10 starts 10 sits Uh, We do not share the names with each other beforehand. These are non-obvious starts and non-obvious sits. So we're not telling you to start Caleb Williams this week. We might tell you to sit Caleb Williams. Uh, I would personally never do that, but we might, you know, as as part of the exercise. Um, So Colin, uh, you've been leading us up on starts. Why don't you go ahead uh, and kick it off from here? All right.
1: Uh, My first two starts are entire offenses. Um, their offenses, oh, they're I'm both. I know, I know, in trouble I know. for that in the past. I know, I know, okay. they're both offenses, um, that have disappointed so far, but the guys we thought a lot of. So, I'll start with the first one that's the Ohio offense. Uh, I'm starting Curtis Rourke, I'm starting Sia Bangura, and I'm starting Sam Wigless. They have all been kind of disappointing here, but I think this is going to be a get right game coming out of the bye. Um, uh, they're back. Rourke was banged up a little bit. Hopefully he's back healthy. They also get Kent State, which is perfect for a get-right game. Penn State or Kent State is 7th worst in the country in defensive pass EPA per play, 11th worst in defensive pass success rate, and 16th worst in defensive rush EPA per play. This is just an all-around bad defense. Um, I know they've disappointed you a little bit, but I'm firing up the whole Ohio offense this week.
0: You know what, I just had one of these players on my list, but I will, I, I will match you as we have done and we in a couple times recently where you, you were a little more aggressive with yours. So I'll, I'll go aggressive with you. We'll, we'll live or die by this one. Yeah, I agree. The only like, it doesn't even really give me pause. But the thing that's really been killing Bangura has been that Ocean Allison is still there and he's not a terrible player. Um, it's a weird way to describe it. But he's he's like a competent other running back. So Banker hasn't had the backfield to himself.
1: Um, I think I think this week it probably doesn't matter. So yeah, yeah. I think I think this week probably doesn't matter. I, overall, not great that he hasn't been able to to seize that backfield. And O'Shea Allison is back, but uh, I feel good about all of them this week. Yep. Go ahead with the next one, Colin. All right, my next offense that I'm starting, everybody in is the UTSA offense. Uh, another offense has been disappointing this year, but another get right game for them. They get Temple. Temple has not been a very good defense um, this year, and they are also their 19th worst in defensive pass EPA per play, and mostly you're looking at the passing game options in, in this offense that have been disappointing. Harris, Barn, Harris, Cephas, and Clark is supposed to be back, I believe. And he has played a couple of snaps here or there in yeah. the last couple
0: of weeks, I believe. Yeah, but.
1: so I think he's back after the bye, hopefully healthy. If he's if he, if we get word that he's going to go, um, I would fire him up this week in a week where you're probably scrounging around for players to start. It's going to be a tough week with all these buys. Uh, and then I'm also starting uh, Kavori Barnes in this group too. He's looked decent, uh, but just really hasn't, the touchdowns have not been there for him. Um, so I'm starting all four of them. Yeah, that offense really hasn't been able to get close to the the,
0: the end zone, you know, the red zone to yeah. let him go to work. Like, it's, yeah, you know, it, has, it hasn't been a lot of those valuable touches. Um, I'm starting Marquez Cooper this week. I said start him last week, and he hit barely, barely. I think he got like 17.7. Um, Eastern Michigan is a bottom 10 rush defense by pretty much every single metric that you're going to be looking at. He had 15 attempts and four targets last week. This isn't a guy that's going to get 25, 30 carries, but I think if he can get close to 20 attempts per week with the Mac play rolling around, I think that's going to be enough to get him uh, to be you know, consistently right around that 20, 25 points. Um, and I think he does that this week.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, my next start here is a guy that I've, I've said to start a couple of times, um, and it's worked so far. And going back to the wild, well, it's Zion Chris, quarterback. For Louisiana. Uh, They get Texas State in this one. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, Texas State does not have a a great defense. They also let up um, 29 points per game, which is 36th in the country. Um, They give up 276 yards, passing 155 yards rushing per game. So I think that's going to bode well for Chris, especially the rush yards that they allow, because I think he's going to be able to run on them. Yeah, they made Southern Miss's quarterback,
0: what Wiles or whatever his name yeah. is, look, uh, you know, at least from a fantasy perspective, pretty solid last week. Yeah, I actually also have Chris. And I went into this kind of being like, you know, is there another guy on this offense that I could like highlight? And I was like, nah, it's has got to be Chris this week. He's he's going to have you know, 100 yards rushing
1: and, uh, you know, a pretty good passing week too. Yeah, there's not really anybody else in that offense that I'm going to highlight probably no. any week. Um, but. Yeah, I think this is a good week for Chris. Uh, My next start here is uh, Andrew Armstrong, the wide receiver for Arkansas. Uh, They get Ole Miss this week. Ole Miss just got absolutely shredded through the air. Now, granted, it was uh, LSU. That's that's a good um, passing offense, but uh, he's really the the last healthy body in this wide receiver in this like pass catching group um they've been banged up a little bit haas is out for the year um and armstrong outside of last week he only had four targets last week but he's had six targets in every other game at least um he doesn't have a single week under 13.6 fantasy points that was the week he played lsu um and he has three of them like in eight at 18 so he's been pretty consistent uh, I think he's going to get in the end zone here in this one. Like I said, Ole Miss allows a lot of uh, a lot of passing work, uh, so I am firing up Andrew Armstrong.
0: I am starting Jace Bauer this week. I thought about it. Did you? Okay, I did. Yeah the the Central Michigan uh, quarterback. There, they take on Buffalo. Bauer seems like he's claimed the starting spot and it does uh, seem like Bert Emanuel is back and available and they've just moved uh, more or less outside of maybe some small packages uh, to Bauer over the past two weeks. Bauer has put up 21.9 and 46.7 fantasy points. Buffalo. Uh, I think last week kind of an anomaly there. DJ irons gets hurt. Akron is just quite frankly, not very good at all. Um, uh, so, you know, coming off a, a solid performance, but I uh, I like Bauer this week against them.
1: Okay. Yeah, like I said, I, th- I thought about it. Uh, didn't end up ultimately pulling the trigger, but I like that call. I'm going to start uh, a different quarterback. I'm just going to start Z- Jacob Zeno, quarterback for UAB. Uh, coming off a real stinker last week where he put up like six fantasy points. Um, but previously, 28 24, 30, 32. So he's been pretty good all year. And the volume has really been there. That's what what we like to see. He has 35 pass attempts in every single game this year. Three games over 40 pass attempts as well. Um, They get USF in this one. Not a particularly strong defense, except, weirdly enough, that Alabama game. Uh, But that, I think, was more on Alabama and their quarterbacks. So I think this is also going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Their UAB is going to need to throw and score points. Uh, so I'm starting Jacob Zeno.
0: They scored a fair amount last week, and Zeno did nothing because I said start Zeno last week.
1: Uh yeah. it
0: did not did not work out for me. Uh, I'm starting Chandler Rogers this week uh, versus Navy, and I did say start him last week as well, and that worked out very very well. He's been sneakily really really good for fantasy this year, and it's come mostly as a passer. He he is a, a a capable rusher and he's got three games of 30 or more rush yards and a couple of rush touchdowns to go along with that. Uh, Navy is they're not like the worst pass defense in the country. Um, but in terms of advanced stats, they just, a lot of it just come to, they don't, they, they kind of limit their oppositions, oppositions uh, possessions. Rodgers has uh, 41 and 36 pass, pass attempts the past two weeks. And he's gone over 300 yards passing in both. I like him to do it again this week or get close to it. Against
1: a bad Navy team. Okay. Uh, my next start is Elijah Badger, wide receiver for Arizona State. Uh, they get Colorado this week. Um, so Colorado bad pass defense. They allow Colorado allows at least forty pass attempts against them in every single game this year, except Nebraska, which I'm just throwing that out the window because that play calling was atrocious. And this
0: is, I mean, it's Jeff Sims' fault. Really, it is also to be Jeff honest, Sims. He couldn't even catch a snap.
1: I mean What, what yeah. are we doing here? It is Jeff Sims. But um, they're also the seventh worst team in the country, Colorado is, in terms of defensive pass success rate. So not a very good defense overall, not a good pass defense. And the volume has been there for Arizona State. They have at least 30 pass attempts in every single game this year. Last week, 43 pass attempts, 362 yards passing. The touchdowns weren't really there. But Badger's been the big beneficiary of that. He has 21 targets over the last two weeks, and he has 27.5 and 19.8 fantasy points the last two weeks. So if if Arizona State's going to move the ball, they're going to need Badger to help. It's Badger and Scadabo's offense for the most part there, yep. at Arizona State.
0: Uh, I'm starting Kimani Vidal this week against Arkansas State. Um, you know, kind of from a fantasy perspective, I had a couple bad weeks, had a couple really good weeks, um, but volume isn't the problem. He has 17 or more carries in four of his five games this year, and he has over 20 in three of those. Uh, he also has nine total receptions on the year, so he is getting some work through the air. Arkansas State has a bottom uh, 20 rush defense in the country. I expect Vidal uh, to... to Uh, score early and often here, and I think the nice thing actually here is that Arkansas State, now with Jalen Rayner there, uh, will keep this game competitive longer than maybe it looked like they would have three weeks ago, which I think is a good thing. Uh, Um,
1: I'm starting Ray Davis this week. Not making the same mistake last week. They played Georgia, but I'm not scared off by that Georgia matchup, um, which feels weird to say, because normally anytime you see somebody play Georgia, you're just like, well, I'm taking them out of my lineup this week. Um, But Georgia got gashed on the ground last week. Uh, Peyton Thorne ran for 92 yards, which was very weird. But the whole team uh, for Auburn ran for 219 yards and two touchdowns last week, which is oddly enough, pretty close to what Ray Davis ran for. Um, So I'm not falling for it again. Despite the tough matchup, I am starting Ray Davis.
0: I'm starting Ricky Pearsall this week against Vanderbilt, Florida wide receiver. Vanderbilt uh, is like almost a, pa- uh, a pass funnel as a defense because the pass defense is just so bad. that like Teams aren't even necessarily like trying to run against them. It's just like, okay, we're just going to burn you through the air. Pearsall, Florida's leading uh, receiver this season, I think just sees pretty hefty volume in this one. So I, I like Pearsall a lot this week, actually.
1: All right, I I kind of was like trying to find somebody in that matchup that I wanted to go with, but I ultimately decided against.
0: I actually Russell. almost said one of the running backs too because I think you know, like I said, it's so the defense is so bad that you kind of want to pass on it. But Florida is a conservative offense, and they might just
1: get up enough that they just run the ball anyway. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, so I am starting trick Griffin, um, I think his nickname's Tulu, the wide receiver for Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State has not looked great offensively, um, but that hasn't really mattered that much for Griffin. The volume has been there for him. Um, he had four targets in week one and a blowout win against um South Louisiana, and then he only had five targets last week against Alabama, but the other weeks, 10, 6, and seven targets. Um, he had a huge game against South Carolina where he went for 256 yards. I'm not expecting that here, but he's going up against Western Michigan, very soft matchup. Um, Western Michigan is uh 17th worst in the country in defensive pass EPA per play. So they're very susceptible through the air. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a nice week for Lydia Griffin.
0: Yeah, I took, I, I picked Aquavius marks from that matchup. Uh, You know, even last week, only nine carries and he's a little banged up, but he got 68 yards on those nine carries against Bama. So he doesn't even need a 30 carry game to put up a hundred and a couple of touchdowns here.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I I considered Marks there, but I'd said to start Marks on a couple other ones. So I want to go another direction, but I would also start Marks. Um, I am starting Philip Brooks. Wide receiver for K-State. He's a guy who might be floating out there around. And and Dietrich Griffin, too. Both those guys might be um, out there on on your waiver wire. Uh, Those are guys that I would consider picking up in unlimited waivers as well, uh, if they are. But Philip Brooks, wide receiver at Kansas State. They go up against Oklahoma State. Brooks has at least seven targets in every game. So the volume is there. Uh, And Oklahoma State is the 11th worst defense in the country in defensive pass EPA per play. Uh, they're coming out of the bye. His really only competition for targets is um, Ben Sinat, the tight end, fullback, uh, H-back type guy. So I, I think Brooks is going to have a big game here. I like that one. I'm starting Mitchell Evans, Notre
0: Dame tight end against Louisville. Louisville's pass defense is just so freaking bad. Evans has been uh, the most consistent target over the past couple weeks. And a couple of their wide receivers went down last week. I don't think they were extremely serious uh, injuries, but um, could be enough to limit them or keep them out of this one. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Evans this week. I think he has um, a, a pretty – I don't think he's capable of, like, an enormous performance, but I do think he can be, um, you know, another – he had, he went six for 134 or something last week. If he goes five for 100, I think that's a very reasonable expectation.
1: Okay. Um uh, my last start here is Raheem Sanders, running back for Arkansas. Oh, okay, here's oh. going to be a fun one because I have him on the opposite side. Ooh, he was uh, finally came back first game back in a couple of games healthy. Um, you know they were working him in, but he had um 34 yards rushing, but he had 36 yards receiving too. So he's been getting a little bit of receiving work. Uh, they're going up against Ole Miss. They're going to need to score um, against Ole Miss. They're, and, again, I, I started at Andrew Armstrong. Um, the more I thought about it, also going to start Raheem Sanders here in this one. I think he, they're just going to need him. And Ole Miss got gashed last week um, on the ground and in the air. So they're susceptible to both. And I think Raheem Sanders is going to have a nice week.
0: Okay. My last guy is uh, whoever is the starting quarterback for UCF this week against Kansas uh, because
1: there's uh, JRP is practicing. <laughs> That's fair.
0: I would start Timmy McLean against them. If JRP isn't going to play, I think McLean's been pretty good uh, over the past couple of weeks. A guy that we talked about as a potential uh, waiver ad stash kind of guy uh, for next season when JRP has gone. Um, yeah. I, I like them both And Kansas gives up a lot of explosive plays. Um, and, and whichever quarterback is starting for them will be the guy at the heart of it. I, I said, start Kobe Hudson last week on this show, not to, not to vent. Um, mm. and they scored 35 points against Baylor and he scored 1.2 after being yeah. just like their only guy over the past yeah. couple of weeks. I good process, bad result. I had a bunch of those last week and it was very, yeah. very annoying.
1: With uh, well, Javon Baker blew up in that last game, right? Last week for them uh,
0: maybe that sounds right. RJ Harvey wasn't like a big yeah. running back either. So if I had said start him, that wouldn't have worked out either. And it was a, a weird week for yeah. them. And then they ended up losing, which I turned that I stopped paying attention to that game. Um, they blew it. So 21 points in the final 20 minutes or whatever for, yeah, that
1: was, uh, that was wild. Uh, I did not, I did not watch that one either, but I kinda, I think that might be on my, my to-do list for the rest of the week. Let's go back. I mean, it was real. a fun game to watch, but there's like. Not a lot of relevant guys in that that (laughs) match.
0: So, you're not missing much if you don't go back and watch it. All right. Tell us your your 10
1: starts. I'll read mine off and then we'll go to sits. Cool. I am starting the entire Ohio offense, which by that I mean Rourke, Bangura, and Wigless. I'm starting the UTSA offense, Frank Harris, Kavorian Barnes, Josh Cephas, and um, Clark if he, DeCorian Clark if he plays. Does he go by JT? uh
0: Uh, something like that
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, he goes by a different name we discovered (laughs) that like right before the season (laughs) kicked off yeah i
1: thought i remembered that uh we haven't heard his name called so it's been hard to hard to say but yeah harris barnes cephas clark if he plays uh zeon chris quarterback for louisiana andrew armstrong wide receiver arkansas jacob zeno quarterback uab elijah badger wide receiver arizona state raymond davis running back kentucky the Dietrich Griffin, wide receiver, Mississippi State. Philip Brooks, wide receiver, Kansas State. And Raheem Sanders, running back, Arkansas. All right. And my 10 are uh, the Ohio offense. I'm going to match Colin. Same names uh, Marquez
0: Cooper, running back, Ball State. Zion, Chris, quarterback, UL. Jace Bauer, quarterback, CMU, Central Michigan. Chandler Rogers, quarterback, um, uh, North Texas. Kimani Vidal, running back, Troy. Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver, Florida. Jaquavius, Marks, running back, uh, Mississippi State, Mitchell Evans, tight end, Notre Dame, and then whoever starts at quarterback for UCF. And that's one that you're going to want to pay attention to uh, leading up. I, I think we'll know before kickoff, um, but who knows? Who knows? Um, all right, let's go to our sits, Colin, uh, and I'll kick us off here. Wouldn't you know it? Jaden off's doing the exact same thing he did last year. <laughs> this year they did last year. <laughs> He's killing these terrible teams and then against solid competition. He looks like crap. Uh, well, they have solid competition this week. They take on Oregon State. Oregon State's got a pretty nasty rush defense. I think
1: uh he probably couldn't pay me to start Jade Not this week. I am also uh, sitting Jade Not this week as well. Basically, same reason. Oregon State, very good uh, rush defense. And like you said, he shows up against the soft competition and disappears against the big competition. Yep. Uh, I'm start
0: or I'm sitting Jawar Jordan, Louisville running back against Notre Dame. Um I I almost said Jamari Thrash, but I didn't have the balls. Uh, quite <laughs> frankly, because he can still just catch a ton of you know short passes and have himself a nice week. Um, I think it's a lot less likely that Jordan, um, because who's really relied on explosives, I I think he has a hard time getting
1: one this week. Same. I almost said Jamari Thrash to because Notre Dame does have a very good pass defense. Uh, like I highlighted last week, uh, they're actually third best in defensive pass success rate. Um, but I could not pull the trigger on that. Although Jamari thrash has been touchdown dependent as I was looking into it, really going back and forth, but I've really, I, I ended up saying Jawar Jordan as well, but because you also probably have to start Jamari thrash with all the, yeah, buys so
0: many buys out. this week. If you
1: yeah. can sit him and you have like another good option, I would yeah. consider it.
0: Yes. Not for this contest, but I would consider yes. sitting him in some yes.
1: situations. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, like you said, I I couldn't do it because I, I think the volume might just end up being there for, for thrash, but I that, am. That's the
0: risk. Yeah.
1: For a guy yeah. like him, it's just, you know, he might see yeah. 15 targets. Um, yeah.
0: So I'm sitting Mitch Griffiths against Clemson. And he's really struggled with any sort of like serious pressure this year. And I just think Clemson's going to be able to get after him. They have in the past, like the Clemson mm-hmm. has always bothered the wake forest quarterback. Uh, Pitt has two for whatever it's worth. Um, but, um, just that, that interior pressure kills that long
1: mesh. I am sitting Jamal banks wide receiver for wake forest. Uh, like you said, Clemson historically does well against wakes like slow mesh offense outside of it's last year, mesh. where Sam, what? So I I said long mesh, slow mesh. Yes, thank you. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Um, Where it's like outside of last year, where Sam Hartman put up like forty-five points on. But Sam Hartman's not here. Um, Jamal Banks has been good against soft competition, and not great against. It's not even good competition, but Power Five competition. Uh, He had twenty-two point eight and twenty-two point one fantasy points against elon and old dominion and 13.4 and 11.3 fantasy points against vandy and georgia tech um this is his toughest test yet clemson's 14th in the country in defensive pass epa per play uh they only allow 183 pass yards per country per game which is 24th so i'm sitting banks
0: i am sitting uh raheem sanders this week who's next on my list here uh he just doesn't look right at all quite frankly um I, it's not like a matchup play or anything like that. I just, I don't think he looks right. I think this offense as a whole uh, hasn't looked particularly great. So I'm not even sure there's going to be a ton of as, as bad as Ole Miss looked defensively last week. Um, LSU's done that to most of the teams they face this year. So you know whatever. Um, but I, I I just don't think this whole Arkansas team is really right
1: right now. Um, so I, I'm sitting Raheem Sanders this week. Yeah, but are you taking into account? dan enos is the offensive coordinator and how fired up he is yeah i'm not sure if that's fan emails.
0: true or not so i didn't want to say anything there is a tweet out there and it could be a joke tweet i really don't know but somebody emailed allegedly Dan Enos, and he responded like
1: right away and the guy was just calling him like a shitty coach and yeah you know wasn't having it. so but that yeah. was funny. No, i thought that was as well um i am sitting the Akron wide receivers now and for forever, um, they bold, couldn't do anything against you. They they couldn't do anything against Buffalo. I, I know it's not not necessarily bold, but if you, I wanted to give them another chance, but then you couldn't do anything against Buffalo, who's one of the worst pass defenses in the country. NIU is not a good defense either, um, but I, I I still don't trust them. I desperately looked for
0: somebody in that matchup to start, and like the start sits, and I was like, I can't. Like, I was like, Lorenzo mm-hmm. Lingard? Like, maybe they just going to have to run the ball. I'm like, yeah. there's nothing saying they have to get yardage in this game at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing that guarantees that. So,
1: yeah, exactly. But NIU is typically a defense you would want to target.
0: Adams is also injured, for what it's worth. So, really, is he? going out on a the limb there. Yeah, apparently. He didn't play last week. I don't know. Like, nobody knows what the injury is. Wait, he window.
1: didn't play last week? No, I'm pretty sure he didn't play last week. Oh, I thought I saw he did. No. Oh, okay. Well, now I now I feel bad about that one. Um, or at least he didn't play much, if he did at all.
0: Yeah, um, uh, he's injured. So really bold call there, Colin. Good work.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, now I I legitimately feel bad about that one though. I'm looking uh, I'm, it up real, real quick. I'm filibustering.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll give my next one while you while you do that. uh I'm sitting yeah. Eric Brooks this week, Fresno State wide receiver against Wyoming. um game's in Laramie, and that just kind of weirds me out a little bit mm-hmm. um, overall. So um, I so desperately wanted to say, like, as a sneaky start, start Malik Sherrod. um But I, I just I can't I can't recommend starting anybody
1: at Wyoming. That's fair. Um, and Alex Adams did not play last week. You are correct. Um, so I will see if I can find another start then for that one.
0: I had to start him sit. in
1: one I had to start him in one league last
0: week, literally, just because I didn't have anybody else. It's a no waiver league. And uh, uh I had like half my team on bye. I actually even made a trade. I had four empty spots I would have just had for the week. And I went I went and made a trade right before deadline for uh Luke McCaffrey and Derwin Burgess just to like have two other guys. Still lost my matchup, so uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But it's a it's a contending team, so
1: overall mm-hmm. I, I don't hate it, but um so I, I had to start Alex Adams and got a, got a fat zero. That was cool. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take a look, see if I can find anybody else. I'm sitting uh, Roman Hemby, uh, running back for Maryland. He has really struggled these last two games, um, 2.6 and 9.3 fantasy points. And they get Ohio State this, this week. Ohio State's got a, a pretty solid defense. Um, they did a pretty good job against uh, Estime and Notre Dame. Uh, I think that Maryland offense is just going to struggle to move the ball against them, so I don't, uh, I don't, I don't trust him. To be here,
0: had just enough wherewithal to go half a yard over his prize picks total, though. That you recall <laughs> eight carries, six yards, and then ends with 14 for 54. That was the right read. That was the right read. You can't convince me otherwise. Um, Jace McClellan, I'm sitting this week against AM. Is that you're saying
1: start you know sit all these obvious guys so um yeah no, i mean i don't i think that's i i i considered saying to sit him um i don't think it's an obvious sit yeah and it's been pretty good against the run and they have they're splitting what did i say
0: all off season, that if that Roy roydell williams could be a problem here could be even though i loved jace mcclellan coming to the i still said you know there is a chance that that Roydo Williams is a problem. He got 10 carries last week. I think he probably gets about that again this week. I mean, it's just, he
1: has a role. He has a role. Uh, I am sitting Evan Stewart, wide receiver for Texas A&M. Look, he, he hurt me last week. He got 12.7 fantasy points. um, When our cutoff is 12.5 for a sit. So very, very close, but he had two, uh, catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, and then he had negative three yards rushing. Um, but he only had three targets last week. I I just think this offense is not going to look that good with Max Johnson at the helm, even though they they were okay last week. But they're going up against Bama. Um, Bama has has come out since that uh, USF game; they've they've looked pretty good. So I don't trust Evan Stewart this week. I am also sitting Evan Stewart. Max Johnson stinks. You, I, you, you, didn't sugarcoat it. I, no, I sugarcoated it a little bit. Um, A&M I am scored
0: like thirty something points last week, and most of
1: it was like special teams and stuff.
0: It wasn't because of what Max Johnson weird, or anybody yeah. else on that offense really did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I am sitting Marshawn Lloyd, running back USC. Um, man, he he should have been a, a hit for me last week as a as a, saying a start.
0: They got up and then refused to run the ball. I know. Can't stop the run at all. It was baffling.
1: Yeah, I was. I was upset. I was very upset. He only had 13 carries last week, Um, and he was was running. It was like six yards a clip. Um, He was killing them. But if they're going to keep doing that, then if they're going to keep only giving him 13 carries, then I it's hard to trust him each week. And they play Arizona this week. Arizona is more of a pass funnel defense. Um, They're passing. They allow 248 pass yards um, per game, which is like 25th in the country, 25th most in the country. Their rush defense is decent, though. Um, 23rd uh, in the country and fewest rush yards per game allowed with 98 and 17th best in rush defensive EPA per play. So. It's a soft matchup overall, but I don't trust him. don't trust USC to run the ball.
0: I am sitting uh, Jalen Buckley this week. Um, and not necessarily because of the matchup against Mississippi State, because I do think in some circumstances he might just get enough volume anyway. But he, they're they're back to the, you know, they've got a couple backs healthy again. He only got 13 carries last week. Uh, Abdus Salam got eight. And then their quarterback, Trent Borgett, actually, they, they ran him several times as well. Um, so I just, I, I think it's, we, we've gotten two big games out of him, two games where they got, he got 29 and 30 carries, uh, I believe, but I just, I, I think, especially in this matchup, but I, I just, I want to see him get another big week here before I I'm willing to buy in.
1: Yeah. I'm actually also sitting Jalen Buckley and I just wrote Mississippi state is a power five team. Well, yeah, I, I highlighted the splits last week, but he has been bad against power five opponents and has gashed G five opponents. And. Mississippi State has not been a a great defense, but it's mostly their pass defense that has been uh, a sieve. So their rush defense hasn't been atrocious. So I'm I'm sitting uh, Jalen Buckley as well.
0: I'm sitting Jonathan Brooks this week against Oklahoma they haven't been like an amazing rush defense but they haven't been bad either. They're not giving up a ton of explosive plays and Brooks isn't necessarily prone to them either and I just don't know like the volume is going to be there if he's not hitting those to uh have himself a big day. I mean, I guess there are scenarios where this is a 50 to 48 game and he has like 80 yards and three touchdowns. That could very well happen um but just from like a raw like production standpoint, I'm not sure how much we see out of him this week against OU.
1: Yeah, I strongly considered him as well. Oklahoma is a good rush defense. Um, they are tenth in the country in um, rush defensive EPA per play. So i I co signed that, but I did not. Uh, I did not put that one down. Cool. Um, I did say to sit Logan Diggs, running back for LSU. Uh, They get Missouri this week, and what a difference two years makes. Missouri has a very good rush defense. Um, They are ninth in the country in fewest rush yards allowed at 74.8 per game, 12th in defensive rush EPA per play, and third in defensive success rate. Uh, And Jalen Daniels has three rushing touchdowns this year, as our good friend Jared Palmgren likes to call Jaden Daniels a vulturing butthole. Um, (laughs) He's a threat around the goal line and to steal some rush yards as well. So I don't trust Logan Diggs in this one, despite coming off of a, a pretty, pretty nice week for him. This last one's kind of one
0: that I don't feel really good about, but I had a really hard time with my last one or two uh, sits this week. Um, And there are obviously a lot of scenarios where you just might not have better options. I don't love Ontario Brown this week against Akron who have actually been pretty solid against the run overall. Um, They tend to muck up games a little bit defensively and Brown uh, last week had, uh, he didn't score. He had like 150, 160 yards uh, rushing, on 16 carries like he's not getting like that 25 carry game that he needs to just have himself a really nice performance. I I don't think he gets it in this one. It's dangerous to say, cause Akron's just terrible and this could be like 45 to three. Like it really could not even that Northern Illinois is that good. I just think Akron's going to fall apart here a little bit. Um, but I Br- Brown, I, I I'm not starting this week unless I just really have to.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of struggled um, with sits this week too. So I feel that. Um, but I, my last sit here is Shevin Cordero, quarterback for San Jose State. Uh, he's been pretty disappointing for me overall uh, this year. He's a guy that I, I drafted in a fair amount of places, and that San Jose State offense has not looked great. It looks like a relatively soft matchup against Boise State, whose past defense uh, has been not particularly great on paper. Um But they have had some tough matchups in there. So I think I can excuse that at least. I mean, anytime you play Washington, they're going to absolutely gash you. UCF also gashed them pretty good. Um, but So it looks like a soft matchup, but I'm still not trusting Chevin Cordero. All
0: right. Um, Let's read our 10, and then we'll get out of here, Colin. I'm sitting uh, Jade Knott, running back Cal. Jawar Jordan, running back... Uh, Louisville Mitch Griffiths quarterback Wake Forest Raheem Sanders running back Arkansas Eric Brooks wide receiver Fresno State Jace McClellan running back Alabama Evan Stewart wide receiver Texas A&M Jalen Buckley running back Western Michigan Jonathan Brooks running back Texas and Ontario Brown running back Northern Illinois
1: Uh, I am sitting Jalen Buckley running back Western Michigan uh, the Akron wide receivers, but I will I'll find another I'll find another sit to make up for that one. Um, Jawar Jordan, running back, Louisville; Roman Hemby, running back, Maryland; Jamal Banks, wide receiver, Wake Forest; Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M; Marshawn Lloyd, running back, USC; uh, Logan Diggs, running back, LSU; Jaden Ott, running back, Cal; and Chevin Cordero, quarterback, San Jose State.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it. For tonight's show, then, guys. Thanks for tuning in here with us. Again, make sure you're checking out everything that we have to offer over at campusdecant.com and the rest of the shows here on the Campus canton podcast feed. We'll be back next week with another wonderful episode of Campus Life. Until then, guys, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one.